Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. What we found is we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside. We were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast, to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome, as long as you just think. Here in the studio with Kristen, but we are missing our third wheel today, and that was not supposed to be a part of the plan. We were expecting her to be sitting right here beside us, but we needed to go ahead and get her on the phone and let this episode fly. No pun intended, <laughs> um, because we have some breaking news that only Holly can really share with us um, in her way. She is not here because of some airline issues, so we are going to go ahead and kick this podcast off and introduce Holly on the phone. And let her tell you what's been going on. Craziness. Well, Holly, hey, did you get some deodorant? Hey, hey, <laughs> yeah, did you get your toothbrush? <laughs> found a razor. Some, yeah, I found a razor and a toothbrush. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was in desperate need. Okay, so here's what happened, friends. Uh, I had taken my family on a vacation in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And we were flying home. Unfortunately, there's no direct flight from Raleigh to Jackson Hole. So I had to fly through Dallas on American Airlines. I was coming home on Sunday. So I don't know if you've been reading the headlines of what has been happening over the last few days, but uh, air travel has been severely impacted. By what? Well, they say it's the weather. But we are calling BS on some of those claims, and I'm going to explain why in a minute. I was not flying Southwest, which did have the most canceled flights, okay, um, on Sunday. And when I say the most, I'm saying 2,000 canceled flights. It was insane. Now, I had no idea. My son had actually seen, my oldest had seen the headlines the night before, and he said he had a thought like, huh, well, it's Southwest. I mean, I hope it's, you know, is that going to impact us? Well, sure enough, as we were landing in Dallas, we knew we had a four-hour layover, and we decided that we were going to grab food really quickly and just hang out in the airport and, you know, get on our flight by 7 p.m. Within 30 minutes of landing, we get a text that says our flight has been canceled and they're working to reschedule us. Now, I'm flying with six people. I know it's not easy to reschedule six people on the same flight. So I immediately get on the American Airlines app. I was in the Dallas airport, which was very something else was weird was happening. Is the Wi-Fi was terrible and I couldn't get on their airport uh, Wi-Fi. So I'm running around the airport trying to get a signal to get on the American Airlines app only to see that the next available flight, it would not even show me Monday's availability. It was Tuesday. Basically, what I was looking at is I'm going to be stuck in Dallas for two full days. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with what happens with airlines, but if they cancel due to weather, they consider that something out of their control. If it's out of their control, they have no financial responsibility to their customers to put you up in a hotel or to take care of any of the costs you're going to incur as a result of the canceled flight. And with five other people, I'm going to have to get multiple hotel rooms. 
I've got to get us all over to those hotels in some way. I'm going to have to continue to feed our family (laughs) on bought food for two more days. Like you start adding up what that's going to cost. Okay. So of course I go, we, we, my husband runs to the, the counter to talk to them. There is already a huge line forming. In fact, you can go to Twitter and see photographs of Dallas airport that day, people waiting in the American airlines line to fix their flight. We finally get up to the front and we're like, what is going on? And, and they said, well, it's canceled due to weather. You guys, I look outside. It's about 3.30 in the afternoon. My flight is at 7. It's a gorgeous, sunny day. There's clouds in the sky. This is a beautiful day. I said, wait, weather where? And at first, someone said, in your area. So I'm texting my girlfriends back in North Carolina that have been texting me. I said, is there bad weather going on? Is there bad weather expected? They said, no. I look on the radar, nothing. And so I said, there's no bad weather in my area. Is it here? And, and then finally, another lady says, yeah, there's a possibility of storms tonight. To be honest, we may not even get a drop of rain, but we are just taking a proactive approach. Now, I fly on average outside of the pandemic, you know, once a month. I'm not unfamiliar with how cancellations work. I've never had a, and I live in an area with a lot of thunderstorms in the summer or in North Carolina. We have thunderstorms all throughout the year. And they can impact flights, usually delaying flights. Uh, That's what I was going to say. I mean, there's a difference between delaying and full-on canceling. So when you have upwards of 2,000 flights canceled because of maybe some weather coming, normally they're not going to just cancel flights like that. You've got to get people where they need to go. People are relying on this. So it would be more of like, I mean, I've been more impacted by delays. Mm -hmm. And then they try to get you out when the weather moves or whatever. They reroute you, whatever. I mean, so that's just bizarre. If there's a hurricane coming, I'm more than happy for you to be proactive. But if it's a possibility of a thunderstorm. I mean, pilots fly through <laughs> thunderstorms all the time. All the time. Right. right. Well, speaking of, I've flown through a hurricane in North Carolina, and I was shocked they didn't cancel a flight. I'm going to be honest. Like, I have flown in horrible weather conditions that still took off. Like you guys said, maybe delayed, but cancellations. And we're not saying that cancellations don't happen. I'm just telling you everything in me, people saying around me, we were all looking around like, this is weird, okay? Now, we think it's weird, but, you know, I'm not flying every week. I'm not flying every day. I think it's weird. I can even tell by the ticket agent that she's looking at me like, I'm sorry, we're about to keep you in Dallas for two days for something that may not happen. I mean, it's literally the feeling I'm getting. She was so apologetic, okay? Mm. So, so finally, um, I start to get this feeling I'm being lied to. I, 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 I mm-hmm. can't explain it, to be honest with you. At that moment, guys, I did not know how bad the Southwest situation was. That's when my son pipes up and goes, have you seen what's been going on with Southwest? I go and look, because I've tried to unplug for family vacation. I go and look, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? Okay. Now, so there is a storm. There's a line of storms that could potentially hit the Dallas area that evening. But here's what happens next. I go to try to get my bags. They start telling me they're not even sure that I can get my bags. They're saying, we can't get you home till Tuesday. I've never had that happen. We're, we're two days for a domestic flight. I can't, by the way, couldn't get to Raleigh, Greensboro, Charlotte, Norfolk, Richmond, D.C., Atlanta. None of those cities could I get to on Monday. Not even one of us. I finally got one of our, one of our uh, a friend that was with my son. He had to have surgery, so I had to get him out of there. And I, I got him on a flight to Greensboro yesterday because one seat opened up. Mm. Okay, so here's, so here's what's going on. We have 
I, I'm something's not sitting right with me about this. And when I go to try to find my bag, I say, is this really about weather? And the American agent says, I don't know that it's about weather. I said, are you short staffed? And he said, yes, ma'am. And so I started to realize then that they could use the weather excuse. They had a good excuse. The storm's coming in and they had a good excuse. And then guess what? They are responsible for paying none of us. Okay. So I end up having to take my family to book a hotel for two nights, two rooms, two more nights. Had to feed everybody, had to get everybody to and from, pay for all that. No one's going to have to reimburse me for that, apparently, right? Because it's due to weather. So then I started doing research. Because if you know me and you know us girls, we're going to figure out what's yeah, happening. Yeah, we're not going to let it sit like I'm that. So- <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. We're going to dig. We're going to dig. So as I, that's right. So I put it on social because we all know if we get it on social media, people will start giving you information. I start hearing from people who work for the airlines, work for the FAA, start digging into the news, and I, and I find out this. So if you go to flightaware.com, you can find out where your plane's been. I found them a plane sat here in Dallas all day. So it wasn't like we had had issues getting our plane from weather to Dallas. No, my, my plane was sitting there. At the same time my plane was, was supposed to go to Raleigh, same flight plan, right? The, a flight to Charlotte takes off two minutes later. They didn't cancel that flight due to weather. Hmm. Someone explained to me. What Someone airline, explained to me, what airline was that? Do you know? Same America, same airline. Whoa, okay. Same airline. Okay, so then... I'm sitting next to a pilot on my way to the hotel and, and he hears me talking to Paul and he says, uh, yeah, that storm was like moving over Kansas. Like it's, it was not in our way. And I said, he said, I was flying to orange County. He's a pilot. He's an older gentleman. You can tell like he's got some experience. He said, I was supposed to fly to orange County. He said, they delayed me too. And he said, and they made the announcement so early. He said, my colleagues and I were looking at our iPads going, why are they canceling so soon? He said, something's up. This is odd. This is a American airline pilot. I said, what do you think it is? Now, we're in a van full of people, and I can tell he doesn't want to say. I mean, you can just get that feeling, and he kind of shakes his head, and he goes, well, maybe all the airlines are in this together this week. And then he laughs. I said, are you kidding? He goes, yeah. Yeah, I'm kidding. And I said, well, what, what is going on? He goes, I'm honestly not sure, but I'm going to pull up the radar right now and show you the storm that, that they told us they will cancel for. So he's showing me on his phone. He's like, your, your flight path doesn't go through that storm. Mine doesn't go through that storm. Why were ours canceled? And he's going to Orange County, a little smaller airport than, say, L.A. I'm going to Raleigh, a smaller airport than Charlotte. What I later found out is they want, they will not, they're not as prone to cancel flights to the big airports because of the disruption that it causes. But they will can, they'll cancel it to some of the smaller but if you're going to say it's due to weather, shouldn't that impact every airline? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't that impact every airline going out of that airport that day? Right. I mean, but it didn't even impact every American flight at the same time, scheduled for the same time to the same state. That's crazy. Well, so how, how, how long are they going to be able to, um, to use the weather as an excuse at this point, like without just coming clean and letting us know what's really going on? Because... I mean, and isn't that I mean, illegal to lie? I mean, just, for the, especially when there's money involved for people to, I mean, well, to be put off and have to stay. It should like, what's be, happening to you? But, but now, well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Right I don't now. know the, these laws, but I'm like, uh, who do be. they hold accountable anymore? Right? right? Like it, they they pick and choose who they hold accountable for anything anymore. So so here's the thing. On Sunday, let me just read to you guys the cancellations 
they, so you can hear what I mean. On the day I was supposed to fly out, there were 1,124 cancellations with Southwest. 551 delays, 1,124 cancellations. There were 167 cancellations for Americans. So Americans came in at like number two. United had 200, uh, had only had 10 cancellations. And Delta only had three that day. Hmm. So you have Delta with three cancellations, American with 167. Now, to be fair, American has a hub here in Dallas where there was a storm that night about 9.30 p.m. But up until that point, no, there wasn't. Okay, you can go look at the weather to see. All right. Now, here's what we also started finding out. There was the rumor, and we have to say it was a rumor because right now it's being denied by the pilot's union with Southwest. But the rumor is they did a, quote, sick out, or a bunch of employees with Southwest took vacation all at once. Why? To protest the mandate for the vaccine that had been rolled out. Now, this is where it gets interesting. The pilot's union says, no, that's not true. But then I started doing some digging, and apparently it would be illegal for the union to do that. So they cannot claim that they're doing anything. This would have to be more of a grassroots type effort on the pilot. I have been contacted by wives of pilots, uh, family members of pilots, but I have not talked to a pilot directly, so I cannot speak to them. Do you mean but about this? Because you were talking to that one pilot, but he wouldn't say what it was about because you, right. that's what you that's mean. That's right. He okay, you mean, say, yeah. And, and he, because at and that point, you didn't know pilot. that's what it was. But That's the, right. But the wives but, of pilots, I mean, they're pretty much like, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, what What would the other explanation <laughs> be at this point? Because when is it, so there's the, the administration has put a vaccine mandate on um, all federal, like, agencies, right? And that the airlines fall mm-hmm. under that umbrella, I guess. And the pilots are considered yeah. contractors for the federal yeah. um Agency, So they are under this umbrella. However, what's interesting, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure like Delta and United somehow have said no, right? They're not enforcing this? That's right. Well, no, United has. So United United has has already basically dismissed anyone. They are like 99% vaccinated. Okay. So they they, cleaned house. They already dismissed Yes, and there's a lawsuit. There, okay. are, there is a lawsuit. There's a group of United Airlines workers who are challenging the company's vaccine ma- mandate, and they're trying to basically seek really quick action from a federal judge rather than waiting months for the government agencies to review their claims. So it's a bit, kind of an unprecedented type move, I think, from what I can understand. But they want their religious or medical exemptions to be honored, and so they're asking a Texas federal judge to basically block the airline from firing them or placing them on leave for not being vaccinated. And so... We're waiting to see what's going to come out of that because it's likely going to set a precedent, and that's very concerning. Well, doesn't Um, Southwest also have a lawsuit pending? So I I think, I can't remember, I think they do. Well, put it this way. Their Pilots Association has petitioned the company to say, do not make this a mandatory situation. There needs to be exemptions to this rule. And that, you know, now Delta says they're not making a blanket statement yet. Delta says their current plan to have conversations with their staff is working to get more and more of them vaccinated. So they're not ready to make these sweeping statements that Southwest and American have made. And, and again, it just was four days before that American made this announcement. 
that Americans starts to have as like starts to have the most cancellations and delays, like Southwest. Now that could be a coincidence. I mean, we do know that Americans has been basically saddled with like a forty billion dollar debt. There's been a lot of articles saying that they've mismanaged the bailout from the federal government. And so to remind everybody, I'm sitting here paying for two hotel rooms. Hey, things happen. I, I, they happen. But if it was based on real weather and that had really impacted my flight's ability to take off, I, that's one thing. It, it, it just didn't. Right. I mean, at the time of my flight, that was not the problem. That was not the problem. And yet I'm having to pay. But my tax dollars and yours have already given these companies billions of dollars over COVID. Billions. Mm. They got bailed out. And I, I understand they're trying to protect certain industries so that the world can continue to, you know, move. Move, right. But, yeah, but but we have a problem when you're, you and Southwest are claiming weather-related delays or cancel, cancellations, weather cancellations, but it's not impacting Delta? How is that possible? You're flying in the same airspace at the same airport. Well, and how the, the, is the media just like running with this? They're just running with that narrative anyway and just saying, oh, well, that's it. Like, right? Or they're not even reporting at all. I mean, it's just like they've already debunked or supposedly debunked that this has anything to do with any kind of mandates on employees. Just, you know, I mean, and I, I understand they're coming out, from, right? the, I mean, you know, the union made the statement. Um, but if you dig deeper, you realize that the union can't say yep. because mm -hmm. it's illegal. Yep. So if you're using your brain critically yep. and you're looking at this and you're looking at the number of flights canceled and you're looking at the impending deadline and you're looking at the fact that the union can't say this um, and that the weather is fine. I mean, if you put, connect all these dots, like what what else does a, does a relatively uh, rational person left to believe at this point? Right. I mean, that's the thing. Again, just think. And again, there was a storm here. I'm not saying there wasn't. There was. And they they definitely made an early call, so much so that it was alarming the pilot sitting next to me. And it was alarming. It seemed alarming to a lot of people in that airport that day. Um, now, th th there's a precedent, too. I want to I tell everybody, in my digging, American had a very similar situation happen to what Southwest is going through. I don't know if you guys remember. It was back in, uh, I believe it was July or August. And they, they said this was, I think it was July, maybe it was August, but American delayed or canceled 3,100 flights. Yeah, August 1st through 3rd. And they claimed weather then, um, they claimed weather then, and then they said it was sort of the consequences of that. Okay, that's, that's possible, but it was American dealing with this and not the other flights. And then what came out was, is that their schedule was being pushed to the limit because during the pandemic, Instead of keeping their employees ready to fly as soon as things lifted, things some of the um, pilots, some things expired. They couldn't necessarily come right back and fly. Then they had a staffing shortage. Then some of their employees didn't want to come back, didn't feel comfortable coming back. So they could have been managing their money to make sure that they had people in place, that as soon as you know they could fly again in the same capacity, they could staff it. But apparently they didn't. And... And basically what what all the articles I was reading about this said that they're going to claim cancellations are associated with weather so that they don't have to take accountability and they don't have to pay. 
And so even if it's even if the delay or the cancellation is within that airline's control, they're not required to offer any kind of cash compensation, like I said. And so therefore, it's they'll look for where they can. Uh, this is what it seems like. They're looking for places they can claim there's a weather situation. They're using it so that they don't have to pay out more money to the very taxpayers who help bail their tails out over COVID. Right. And this is where I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you should where I'm mad. Well, and going back to that rumor that's floating around, we did mm-hmm. find, a, you know, maybe people have seen this, but a video from a pilot. And, I mean, you know, if this is the case, which it, it is definitely a very strong possibility. It's strong We're not saying that this is exactly what's going on, but the fact that this pilot actually uh, did this video, and it's pretty amazing, um, and Joe has it. Can you play that for us, Joe? 18 years, and now I'm facing... An ultimatum, not a choice, but an ultimatum. I'm being told in order to continue my career as an airline pilot, I must be vaccinated, which really means I have to choose between putting food on the table for my family and my freedom of choice. Whether you believe in vaccination is the right thing to do or not, the situation goes far beyond health. We, the American people, have fought for freedom for 257 years. We go around the world spreading ideas of freedom and democracy. We help other countries and people fight for their freedoms while ours are being stripped away. You may think being forced to wear a mask or get a vaccination is insignificant, but when you begin to compile mandate after mandate and loss of freedom after freedom, it becomes very significant. As each thing is taken away, we face what is known as the shifting baseline syndrome. This syndrome changes our idea of a new and acceptable normal. Soon, we will not remember what it was like to have the freedoms we once did. Our children and our grandchildren will experience less freedom, and they won't have the privilege or the pleasure to enjoy the same choices our parents had or that we have. If we give in to these mandates and we do not stand up for our freedom of choice, We dishonor every armed service person over the last 257 years. A disservice to the people who have fought and bled for the very freedoms we enjoy. Whether you believe in vaccination or not, I'm standing up for your freedom of choice. You may support the vaccine mandates because they fall in line with your current beliefs. But if we let this happen now, there will be a day when what you're told to do will not fall in line with your beliefs. If we do not stand together and fight back in one voice, soon we could be told where to live, what job we will do, what religion to believe, and how many children we can have. Do you really want someone telling your children or your grandchildren what, when, and how they will live every minute of their lives? It's time we take a stance. It's time we fight for our freedom of choice. Now, (laughs) that's powerful. So powerful. So whether this is a mandate situation or not, we cannot be 100% sure. However, I think what we can all possibly agree on, we'd love to hear from you. Do you think that mandates will have consequences? Do you? I mean, do you think that we're going to be put in a situation here where the very people that, like what Holly said, that um, facilitate this world to move right, will take a stand and right. impact us all? Like, do, do you think that that's going to happen? I mean, well, it, one, another, one mandate leads to another mandate. And, and even those mandates, obviously, you're going to have the trickle-down effect of that. And the fact, I loved what the um, pilot said, too, the shifting baseline syndrome. Like, then you just kind of get used to this. And then it's like how, 
what are we going to end up getting used to? And right. we're, we're going to go further and further away from freedom. And I also love the fact that whether you believe or not in what they're mandating right now, what what is something that you strongly believe in and someone tried to take that away from you? What would you do then? Mm-hmm. Right? Because if, if you let it happen now, it's going to happen then. That's right. And then we have to be mindful, Americans, of precedent. Once there is a precedent, it is hard to ever go back to where the way things were. And so there's a precedent that is going to be mentioned in these lawsuits because it was in 1905 that there was a Supreme Court case. You can look it up, Jacobson versus Massachusetts. And it said that state legislatures are allowed to issue vaccine mandates. Now, to remind you, in 1905, what was there, two or three vaccines even available? Maybe. I mean, we'd have to go back and look. But there was a 7-2 decision. There was not 75, <clears throat> as there are now, on, on kids' um, you know, vaccine schedules. It's up 75 shots, not different vaccines. But the, the 7-2 decision that happened in that Supreme Court case was about the smallpox vaccine. Smallpox was a very deadly disease. So I can understand that there would be more incentive to create this precedent of saying vaccinations can be mandatory. But there is also a caveat in many states called a religious exemption, where if it's against your religious beliefs, it cannot make you comply because of freedom of religion, right, according to our Constitution. It's getting messy. It's complicated. But I want every American to understand there are precedents that happen. And when we cross the line, it is very hard to ever go back. So if mandates start, just like Kristen said, it will lead to other mandates and other mandates and other mandates. And if you think that if you just, it's too uncomfortable to take a stand, that you're just going to take the path of least resistance so this will hurry up and go away, this isn't going away. I, will, I do not believe this is going away, that if we just all comply, the number one, that COVID goes away. I don't believe it even goes away if we all just get the jab. But number two... We're going to set a precedent to our American government that they can tell us what to do with our body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a person who believes everyone should get this vaccine, that's fine. But what happens when the government wants to tell you to do something you don't believe is right? Then what? Well, now there's a precedent. Your they choice can is tell gone. you what to do. Yep. Your choice. This is what people can't seem to wrap their heads around. And I'm not trying to be scary here, but it is frightening of what's happening and we are many of us are still asleep at the wheel and we just can't afford to have mandates around things that number one aren't tested this vaccine is the least tested vaccine we've ever allowed in american history i mean on a massive scale and we are going to mandate everyone inject that into their body this Mm -hmm. is where it's well, it's a dangerous, slippery slope. And it I is. want people to know, you know, just like with the vaccines, and I know we were, we almost got through this without really talking about it, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's, but it's all because of this, like, you know, really it's all, it's all related. Okay. But they are now going to consider, I had a nurse reach out to me from Texas um, and she is on a Pfizer board or whatever with these boosters. She ran a booster clinic. Okay. Or a vaccine clinic. And she said that they are going to deem people unvaccinated if it's after six months. They haven't necessarily announced that yet, but think about that. So, because, and that's also, of course, why 
people need boosters. And then what? So then are you going to need a fourth booster? Are you going to need another booster? Is it going to be every six months that everybody's getting it because antibodies aren't showing up? So just remember like that mandate for just that one or those two shot vaccines. It doesn't end now, there. Then it's going to be yeah. the boosters, you know? Doesn't Israel have four shots now? And, I mean, you know, so it's never. Just, rem- just, just know like it's going to keep going. It's going to keep going unless we stand up for the freedom of, of choice. Yeah. <laughs> so while so many people are impacted by this, Holly being um, one of them, we wish she was here with us today. Um, I know, Holly, that even though you're inconvenienced and you're having to pay these hotel bills and feed your family and everything, you're probably pretty dang proud of mm-hmm. these yeah. pilots doing this. And, you know, if this is what it is, which, you know, what do y'all think out there? Like, you just think moments around this this whole story. Like, does this make sense to you? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and there's not been a good explanation given. And even the explanation that they gave, that um, the Southwest gave, the FAA contradicted their statement. They blamed it on some situations happening within um, the air, uh, air traffic control towers. They blamed right. it on staffing issues there. But the FAA, FAA said that, that was on Friday. They said that's not a current situation. And so, again, no one's given a definitive explanation as to why Southwest had all these weather claims when none of the other airlines had as many. American had the second most. Um, and, again, if you look at when these mandates were rolled out, these are the two airlines. United had, was the first, and I think that's already handled. But uh, American and United, this is very recent news, and all of a sudden they don't have people showing up for work. And we have a staffing crisis in almost every industry right now, right? Unemployment's crazy. That's a conversation for another day. Um, people, we're trying to fill people in jobs. We can't, we can't even fill positions right now, and it's creating havoc. That could be happening with airline, too. But when you start having enough rumors and there's not a the, – the union has to deny it because otherwise they're in trouble. It, it's this, this, is, this is possibly a grassroots effort mm-hmm. by some employees to take their vacations now because mm-hmm. of what's coming. Yeah. And as Amy asked, do mandates have consequences? We think so. And we think that all of us, if you're against the mandate, stand up and say so. Most Americans, I believe, are. And talking with my friends on the left and right, very few agree with the mandate. Most of my vaccinated friends disagree with the mandate. Mm-hmm. So if you disagree, say so. Say something. You are not say, alone. You're not alone. Your right to free speech. <laughs> yep. Say something and take a stand with these people, these nurses, these doctors, these industries that are so profoundly impacted. And also and listen, so profoundly and until important. Life, yes, and important. Well, until everybody's life gets uncomfortable, they're not motivated to take a stand. But how uncomfortable, like by the time it gets uncomfortable to you, God knows what it's already have done. It's already done to our country as a whole. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for it to get miserably uncomfortable to stand up for what you believe is right for every single American. That's, that's my plea. And, yeah. and having gone through this, it's worth it. If this is what it's about, it's worth it. But I tell you what, I'm mad at being lied to. Yep. This weather thing didn't sit right. It makes me mad and I'm not done. Yep. I'm, We're gonna, gonna I'm real mad about the lies. Yes. I'm the lies mad. need to stop. Um, we, we know this is not a weather thing. We can go ahead and say that. And Holly, we are definitely going to be wishing you a safe flight. You're running off right now to hopefully get on this plane. And if right this now. thing gets canceled, I mean, we're going to have a part two. <laughs> we already have a part two. We already have a part two. So you stay tuned. Dallas Fort Worth on the news. Yeah, for real. Probably on fire. No, I'm just kidding. Well, so, That's a joke. That's a joke. Yeah, yeah. Totally a joke. But <laughs> please keep us posted. Safe travels. And um, we can't wait to watch this all unfold because you know this is not the end of this story. Nope. 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 Not even close. All right. All right, guys. We'll talk Enjoy to you that. later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all.
Well, hey, y'all. We're back. Hey, did you did you know you were going to get a part two? <laughs> so <laughs> we're coming back at you today. We have a two-parter today because yesterday, um, if you've already tuned into part one, you, will, you would have heard that Holly was on her way out the door to catch a flight back home that had been completely canceled for about 48 hours. So we had to let her go, but that did not mean that we were not done talking. We had a lot more things we wanted to cover, so that is why we are here today to do a part two so that we can continue this conversation. Holly is still not in the studio with us, unfortunately, but she is home sweet home back in Raleigh, North Carolina, in her little sunroom talking to us, so we're happy to have her home, (laughs) and we're happy to continue this conversation today. Oh, it's so good to be home, girls. Uh, Just the latest update, and you'll have to listen to part one to find out what happened to me. Uh, On my flight home, American Airlines tweeted me, direct messaged me on Twitter and said, oh, we looked into your case. They didn't cancel it due to weather. Because remember, I said to them, if you canceled it due to weather, how did you fly to Charlotte? Same flight path. I just, can someone explain that to me? She said, oh, we looked into it. We didn't cancel it due to weather. We canceled it due to air traffic control. First of all, what does that mean? Uh, There's no other explanation besides that, like air traffic control. Air traffic control. And then they made the point to say, they made the point to say, so we're not responsible for the cost you incurred by the cancellation. And um, so does this sound familiar though? Do you remember this is what Southwest was saying last weekend? They were blaming it on weather and air traffic control. Now, I believe there was, you know, there was air traffic control issues as we know they've been short staffed as well, but stick with your reason. They're liars. I'm sorry. It looks like you're lying. It looks, it looks like you're lying. It's not it's like creating, it's so not, not creating trust. No, I don't trust them at all, nor should we, I think at this point. So I'm going to continue digging to the bottom of this, but meanwhile, here's some things that have unfolded. Number one, I have talked with the wife of a pilot from um, Southwest airlines. And she has confirmed that what is happening is pilots believe they will be fired on December 8th. So they are taking all their vacations and sick days now because they've earned them mm-hmm. and because they know what's getting ready to happen. And so they're trying to figure out what to do after December 8th, which she said 100% is why there were issues this weekend. It's interesting. There's denial by, of course, we know the, um, the union that represents these pilots because it would be illegal for them to do some kind of formal stick out or whatever. That's illegal. Um, but you, we can't blame anyone, any of these employees, for doing what they're doing right now. Um, so I did get confirmation on that from the inside in multiple ways. Um, but also, I'm hearing from uh, American Airlines pilot wives. I am hearing from um, air traffic control folks, all who are continuing to tell me that what I suspect is true. Mm-hmm. So mandates do have consequences. Meanwhile, also got a phone call from National Public Radio to interview me on my situation. I don't trust them to present the facts, truthfully. We'll see how that gets spun. Uh, Oh, I'm excited to hear that. (laughs) They're going to probably call me some crazy loon by the time it's over. It was so (laughs) interesting that in the interview, he said, well, you know, there's rumors that this is about the vaccine mandate. How would you feel about that? I said, well, I feel sympathy for these employees. I understand understand they're in a really difficult situation. He goes, and this is what the reporter from NPR said. He goes, and it's recorded. I'm going to ask him for the recording if he uses it. But I said, he said, well, I mean, these vaccines aren't any different than other vaccines we've had with mandates. Promise you. I said, excuse me? mRNA is new technology. This, these are absolutely new vaccines. Vaccines, And he goes, oh, well, yeah, those. This 
dude was not in any way mm. objective and also not informed very well, clearly. He was about to get an education on this when I said, I got to hang up. This flight's taking off and the attendant is mad at me. So I got I to hang up. <laughs> he said he might call me back today. We'll see. Who knows? But that's the latest. Also, United Airlines, um, they lost a temporarily. They've made a, they've had a loss in court where a federal judge in Texas has said they are not allowed to uh, fire anyone right now for not getting vaccinated. They have to allow them to continue to submit religious exemptions and medical exemptions. We're going to see how that plays out, but it's a little victory in court for that class action lawsuit. So yeah. we're, going to, we're going to be watching that closely to see how that unfolds. Um, but that's basically the latest and greatest on the mandate. And the, and the administration, the too. Um, I saw the press secretary, Jen Psaki, uh, called it hubbub. Did yeah, you she, the hubbub. Yeah, they said There's some hubbub going on. Li- that they're lying or it's completely yeah, false. Yeah, it's completely false. She's like, there's been some hubbub about uh, this being about vaccine mandates, which is absolutely not true. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the same person who assured us there would be no federal mandates against the vaccine. So how much trust do we have in peppermint uh, patty? Like, exactly. <laughs> Like, you know, I'm sorry, that was mean. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, because it's okay. Listen, hey, she's got the hardest job in the world. So I, as you can tell, I'm annoyed by her at this point. Mm-hmm. But I do feel sorry for her. She's got a really tough job. Well, right? when, she's when an you're, incredibly tough job. Yeah, she does. And especially when you're trying to keep up with all the um, contradictions and yes. everything. Like, can you imagine trying to keep it all straight when things well, are constantly, you're constantly having to contradict yourself and change the narrative. It's even harder when you have a lie and you cover it up with a lie right. and you cover it if up with a lie. you just tell the truth, you don't have to think. I mean. And they've put her in that position. Right. And so I, I, I do what I respectfully say. Now, she signed up for the job, okay? So, I mean, it's not like anyone held a gun to her head and said, do this. Okay, but that is her job, is to speak on behalf of this administration that clearly does not seem to have their stuff together. Um, you know, when asked about Biden's mental health recently, I think, didn't she say, oh, he's got some, some um, uh, allergies? Yeah, you and know? it just and walks I, off. Yeah, it's, it's just sad. And, and it's and always in a very condescending a way, mm-hmm. <laughs> everything she says. I think that that's what, that's what about her that I think kind of rubs people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And again, she's in a really, I want to be very sympathetic. She's in a difficult situation. I would never want but that But I think job. none of Ooh. us appreciate being... We don't appreciate being lied to. Mm-mm. And I think that's that's where my anger comes at with her. It's not, it's it's just quit spinning this. It's, it's all part of the dirty game of politics. Mm-hmm. Thinking, it's not her that I'm mad at, it's the game. Right. You know, and, but she's playing the game. You know right. what I mean? Well, and speaking of the game, mm-hmm. when we are having these mandates and they say that this is about health, um, there is an interesting situation with Christian Walker. Um, we'll have to play a video. <laughs> He's hilarious. Yeah. So basically, yeah, like they're saying that the, the vaccine, first of all, like it's wearing off, right? Like I've, we're, we're knowing, we know now that after about six to eight months, your antibodies are decreasing and some people's are legitimately zero at this point. So now we're talking boosters. Everybody has a differing opinions on that because, you know, the data is not clear on if that's safe and effective for everyone. Um, we have the mandates for 100 employees or more. But so if you have 99 or 98, then I guess COVID doesn't um, affect your business at all. I mean, right. it's all so confusing and it's just such an unlikely time to mandate this and do like a one size fits all. And so one of the stories we heard like last week was what Kristen said, Christian Walker. So he's a college student at UC, was it UCLA or it's in California? It's in California. It's we have to, we'll have to figure that out. Listen to his story about mm-hmm. the vaccine mandate for him. Take all it away, of my Jeff. classes are online and I just got this. 
All of my classes are online and I just got this call from my university that they're dropping my classes after we've already paid if I don't report to them about my health. Listen to this. Dropping students after they've already paid for classes if they don't upload their vaccination status. The Student Health and Wellness Center conducts the COVID vaccination and we keep track of your records. And and you're calling to tell me you will drop you're calling to tell me you will drop my classes after we've already paid seventy thousand dollars for the year if I don't upload something about my vaccine status when all my classes are online. That's what the call's about. Correct. Got it. Thank you. Wow. So I'm shaking right now. I am a college student from home. All of my classes are online. Why does my university need any information from me? I don't go onto the campus. We're on Zoom. I take tests over Zoom. I do school from my living room and my kitchen. We're a week into classes right now, a week in. And I get a call like that? Are you kidding me? This is about health? You're dropping my classes if I don't report to you something about my health when I do it all from home. I can't be contagious because I'm at home, alone, <laughs> and we've already paid. Wow. Welcome to 2021. Seriously. I mean, Welcome. Here we are. It, does that not make anybody just think, okay? So you've got that situation. Then you've got the border, okay? You've got how many millions of people crossing the border? They are not getting tested at all, okay? And they have been released, like, COVID-positive people that confirmed COVID-positive. Like, even though I'm saying they're not getting tested, they're not required to get tested. They're not required to have the vaccine, They've said that they have been, they can off, they offer it. And then what did Jen Saki say on, let's circle, circling circle, back, circling to, back to Jen. She said um, that uh, illegal immigrants coming are not required to be vaccinated because they're not planning to stay here for long. And I was under the impression that if it's like 15 minutes or longer inside somewhere, that's how it spreads. So are they going to stay here less than 15 minutes? I mean, yeah. so I, listen, I'm just listen. seriously trying to, trying to understand the science, yeah. the science. When they say follow the science, trust the science, this is what we're trying to do. I mean, truly. Okay. It's also uh, not true that they're not going to stay here long. It doesn't take long to spread COVID. And this is our problem, letting them come cross the border and, and, and wait in America for the approval, whereas under the Trump administration, it would stay at home to wait. They had to stay in Mexico to wait. I mean, this is the problem, right? And, and what I just, again, I don't want to, this is not a Bastion Saki session. It's not what we're about. But I don't understand what planet everyone else is living on <laughs> that is not real world. It's not the real earth. It's not the real earth. And I just, it, it, none of that made sense. But here's what's so scary. It's like certain people at this point believe that if you say something enough, and you say it confidently enough or you say it from a podium and a platform and a position enough, oh, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just this morning I saw a guy I went to high school with um, who is definitely on the far left, and he posted that 
he got his booster today because he cares about his family and his neighbors and that, you know, he wants to do the right thing. And he just feels sorry for those of us who um, want to pretend that COVID's not serious. And, and, and he really thinks he's making a decision based on science, but clearly he's not following the evolved science, which says that booster does not protect another person from COVID. It only helps you. It doesn't help your neighbor. It doesn't help your family. It doesn't help your parents. It helps you. The science is now clear on that. In fact, it's weird that the United States, though, is not putting the science out for all to see. Israel is, mm-hmm. England is. It's sad that we're having to rely on those countries for more data than our own government wants to provide right now a, a, a consensus on or put it through mainstream media. It's not being covered. But I mean, even in England, their NIH or whatever it's called, it's not the NIH, but it's their governmental mm-hmm. entity that looks at all this stuff. So that 60 plus percent of deaths right now in England are with fully vaccinated people from COVID. Well, here's what's interesting and too. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, I'm just saying, but why aren't we, we can't imagine that the U.S. is that different. We all know people who are fully vaccinated who are in the hospital or who have died of COVID. So it's, it, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't, something doesn't add up. And why isn't our, why isn't our country, this is where the distrust is, bring transparency to build trust. But the transparency and the disclosure is not there right now. Well, it's happening in Australia, too. Australia, England, Israel, you know, you're hearing about vaccinated people being in Italy being hospitalized. But here it's like, no, 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 not. It's not the case. Well, here's what here's what happens, too, is when we're looking at these other countries because they perhaps have a better data collection system and they are actually studying all this. Then our country, I've heard them and read this, people say, well, we can't trust all of their studies because they we don't know what guidelines they use. So it, it's like, mm-hmm. so I'm like, so why don't we have a better system then, you know? And it, right. so if we can't do that, then why aren't we doing that in our way? Well, if you're going to say a, that, like then, a reason. I mean, there's always going to be a reason. Yes. We can't do that. But, you know, I just, it, it's just really hard. And, and, and coming again, circling back to Saki, I almost liked it better when she said, I will circle back. I, I will come back and tell you when I know yes. instead of throwing something out there. It's like Balderdash right now. Yes. Let me just say something. And if it sounds <laughs> true, let's see who believes it. Who's going well, to pick, yes. pick my card? And there's not, it's vague, very vague circle. She's, she went from circling back to circling around. It's either the, the circle. It, yeah. It's either talking in circles or she just throws something out there and just hopes it sticks like throwing. And it does because yeah. nobody, nobody challenges right. her statements. Except Ducey. Except Ducey. Except Ducey. Yes. Uh, except for Ducey. Fox News reporter is the only one who asks the hard questions, but, it seems like. Or that we see. I don't know. You know. But I will say, okay. So oh, go ahead, Holly. Finish that because I wanted to get to that video that we were going to play too. That's were you going to say, say something? Go okay. So it's mm-hmm. not, I want people to also think about this. this. It's not just about COVID with these immigrants crossing. Okay. They are bringing so many other diseases that have been wiped out here, okay? Because of either vaccinations or natural immunity, okay? Now, all of this is entering here, and Senator Marshall gave a really good speech. So, Joe, if you will play that for us, please. My big concern are just the number of people crossing the border with infectious diseases. We know that millions of people have crossed the border, will cross the border this year. 20% of them are positive for COVID. Twice that many have been exposed to it as well. 
A third of the people that we're releasing into America are refusing the vaccine. As a senior medical student, I spent two months on a medical Christian mission in Haiti. And certainly I was concerned about the largest uh, endemic tuberculosis population in the Western Hemisphere, the, the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. But every morning I got to the clinic, there were 60 to 80 people lined up to see us. And as we saw each one, they would describe the worms that they were seeing, the worms in their feces, the worms in their mouth. Infectious diseases are rampant in these populations. Certainly I continue to feel for the people of Haiti, continue to do uh, mission work through other folks there. I also did mission work in Central America. Again, infectious diseases are rampant. And I can't help but stop and just think about the Afghanistan refugees coming across as well. Um, the, the highest rate of tuberculosis in that part of the, of the world as well. The only countries in the world still with polio, Afghanistan and Pakistan. I want to do everything we can to show compassion, but at the same time, I was sent here to protect our families from these infectious diseases. America knows that we have a humanitarian crisis on the border, and America knows Joe Biden could fix it. Thank you. I mean... I think everybody needs to hear that. So why are we acting like this is not happening or this just doesn't exist? Why are we closing our eyes to this all of a sudden this year when the border has been a topic of conversation, a hot topic for what, like four or five years now straight? And all of a sudden, it's not. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, there are millions of people already there and more coming. Right. And we aren't talking about it. Why? It's almost like I was thinking about this today. We the people, it's we the people, not we the Democrats, not we the Republicans, not we the independents, it's we the people. The people need to get organized and push back on both parties mm -hmm. that are corrupt. You know, as much as people hated the former president, the silver lining of his presidency for many, even those who hated him, because I've talked to quite a few who hated him, um, and people who've loved him. Listen, I know a whole lot of people who love him. The silver lining is he was the wrecking ball that broke open the corruption. He was not a politician. And I think when he got into the political world, he saw more and more of the corrupt and the money and the power, the power grabbing that was happening. And he was exposing it. Now, his form of exposing it, of course, is going after it and attacking it and fighting it. And of course, not everybody likes that method. But I have to say... The wrecking ball did an incredible job. And I know for the three of us, we will say opening our eyes, mm -hmm. opening our eyes to what's happening. And until we, the people, say enough, it's not going to end. And this thing with the border, like us three, we want to do something, but we're not sure what do we do. I, do what do we do in North Carolina over a border crisis happening in California? It equally impacts us, but we're not on the border facing it every day like how do we push back we're not but we're not immune. we're not going to be immune from this like this is going right. to affect every single city every single state in the country and i think when you say we the people it's like people need to lay down their tribalism it's like yeah. you feel like you cannot acknowledge what's happening at the border right now because a certain president is now in office and by you doing that you feel like you are abandoning you know it's your like party that, or yeah, something or, or like or, it's like psychologically if you hated everything about the border and you talked about it for four years with trump then it's like 
you feel like you, even if you see it, you're choosing to just ignore it because you're choosing your political ideology or your party over your country, America, people, real people. And this Families. is this That's is right. this is health. This is safety. I mean, there's a lot involved here. If we can put aside those um, those emotions and really look at the facts, and let's just see what I mean. The, there's consequences to this. Uh, you know, like That's what right. are the consequences and, and we, that are going to trickle down from all of this? That's right. There has to be consequences for the corruption, right? And we know that there's not a lot of consequences of corruption anymore. We've watched this repeatedly, right? I mean, even with the information coming in about President Trump, pretty much exonerated from the whole Russia gate situation, and that the FBI, as the Durham report, is basically putting it back on the Clinton campaign as the beginners of the, they started the lies about him. Where's the, who's being held accountable for this, right? Now, but speaking of, you guys, there are people who are trying to push back. We know them personally, and it is these parents at these school board meetings, they're trying to push back against the agendas where they're trying to already bring things to our children that we feel are entirely inappropriate or, or are forms of indoctrination that are dangerous. What's happening with those parents? What just happened this week? Well, I guess the FBI has been given a new job in hmm. addition to investigating, uh, you know, these, these other claims about the Russia stuff. Their new mm. job they're being tasked with, with is uh, partnering with local law enforcement and um, investigating what domestic terrorism in the form of threats, uh, intimidation, and violence from parents at local school board meetings. Don't worry about the trafficking and everything coming over the border. Let's right. just let's, let's talk about the let's target you know, the parents. Let's target who are the upset. parents, you know, who are coming together. And obviously, violence. We're not condoning. Obviously, obviously, now, if, if not. there's a parent that is like, <laughs> right. you know, choking a school board member, <laughs> then right. the, I think the point of it all is that local law enforcement should be enough. To mm-hmm. handle their local school board meetings, right? Why are we getting? Why is this a federal thing now? I, yeah, and that's exactly right. That's the great question because what they're saying is already illegal. You can't attack a school board member. I mean, you can't threaten people in America and it, and and it and get away with it. I mean, it's against the law to do these right. things already. So why say you're going to bring the FBI, FBI into it? We think Senator Hawley yes. had a really good response to this. Yeah, Joe's got that video. Department okay. to criminal conduct. You know, all I can say is this is truly extraordinary. I think you know it is. It's unprecedented. You can't point to a single instance where anything like this has happened before. And I think parents across this country are going to be stunned to learn, stunned, that if they show up at a local school board meeting, by the way, where they have the right to appear and be heard, where they have the right to say something about their children's education, where they have the right to vote, and you are attempting to intimidate them. You are attempting to silence them. You are attempting to interfere with their rights as parents and yes, with their rights as voters. This is wrong, this is dangerous, and I cannot believe that an Attorney General of the United States is engaging in this kind of conduct. And frankly, I can't believe that you are sitting here today defending it. I intend to get answers to these questions. You won't answer my questions. I'm going to get answers to these questions. Mr. Chairman, we need to have a hearing on this subject. We need to hear from the Attorney General himself. He needs to come here, take the oath, sit there, and answer questions. We have never seen anything like this before in our country's history. And frankly, I I want to say I think it is a dangerous, dangerous precedent. Holly talked about precedents before. Right. Right. Setting the slippery a slope. And I think I think the point of it, too, like what part of the video, we can link the full video so you all mm-hmm. can watch. But his, his question, his two main questions are, number one, 
since when has this been in a situation where FBI mm-hmm. has to be involved in local school? Why, why is the, the local law enforcement not enough? And second question is, um, of course, we all agree violence, but what, how do you define intimidation and threats? Because you do have angry parents who are speaking their mind at these board meetings probably more than ever before in the past year. And so these school board members are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're not used to this. They're probably not used to anyone even showing up. Now, all of a sudden, they have rooms full of parents screaming, chanting, signs, Mm -hmm. you know, all this stuff. So they probably do feel threatened. But is it, what is threat? What is intimidation? How do you quantify that? How do you calculate, you know, and then she couldn't answer. She couldn't answer. Right. No, of course she can't because these are peaceful protests for the most part. And there's been zero deaths at school board meetings, right, from these protests. But how many deaths were there in 2020 from political protests? Uh, I believe it was at least 30. Okay, but was the FBI called out right. on those political Businesses protests? Businesses burned in to the ground. Right. Jump. Burned to the ground. And, and we just were supposed to turn a blind eye to that. And also the, the spending thing, too, the, the other thing that just happened. Oh. Um, yeah, well, the um, what's her name? Holly. Oh, Kristen Sinema, uh, that senator from Arizona. A Democrat, right. Democratic senator that was um, not in favor of this spending bill was harassed by um, some Democratic activists, and they followed her into the restroom, and she couldn't even leave the stall. She was so threatened because they followed her in there screaming and yelling at her, and we were told that that's just what happens. That's just a part of the process. But mm-hmm. yet parents oh, are domestic well, terrorists. From Biden. By, right. Biden spoke on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Biden said that. He said, Biden said, you know, um, this is kind of a part of the process unless you have secret service agents like he does, then it's just part of the process. And I think a lot of people called him out on that left and right, because no, harassing someone in a bathroom stall should not be part of the process, no. right? Like, I understand if you, you know, you can protest or you can try to have a conversation with her, but if you see the footage, it's concerning. It's, it doesn't feel safe when mm-hmm. you watch it. No. And, and yet there's been no stance on that. But then to say that you're going to direct the FBI to investigate parents, this is an intimidation technique. This is simply to get us to not show up and to show up. It is literally, once again, about control. I want to um, play, I mean, it's exactly like that. And I love what Tulsi Gabbard said. Um, we have our last video that is like really, really good. <laughs> Every American should be concerned about what's happening right now, Ben. Uh, this is something that's bigger than Democrats versus Republicans. What we're seeing here is about the powerful elite in this country using their power to try to silence and control us. Uh, what is so dangerous about this situation is we have the attorney general essentially weaponizing our federal law enforcement agencies to intimidate and silence the American people to try to silence us into compliance, essentially. And, and the, the reality is that, as you know very well, whether we disagree or agree with each other, whether our speech is quiet or obnoxious, our, our speech is protected by the First Amendment. It's something that I, as a soldier and as a member of Congress, took an oath to support and defend the Constitution. And I may hate the speech that you say, I may completely disagree with it, but I will lay down my life to protect your right to say it. To say it. Yeah. I mean. And that was in response to the school board. He had asked her about this new, you know, the, the FBI was being called in to investigate these local school board meetings. And that was her response to that. So, I mean, 
You couldn't have said it any better than what she said. And she's a Democrat. So this is not, once again, this is not, right? That This is not Democrat versus Republican. This is like, where is your line in the sand? Like, when when is it going to be, okay, now I can't. Now I can't go on like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's exactly right. If every American would champion what she said, it's, it's one of the most patriotic comments I've heard in a while um, by somebody who really believes in and has taken enough to defend the Constitution and to defend Americans. If we would lay down our political ideologies, if we would lay down the tribes and, and not try to form a tribe based on ideologies, but a tribe based on citizenship. We are all Americans that are protected under a constitution that has served us well for 200 and plus years. And while not, you know, we have not been perfect as a country, we have evolved into that more perfect union over time in, in making sure everyone has that right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We've made great progress. But what's really sad is the, the powers that be, whoever it is, and we don't always know who they is, has really done a great job at effectively dividing us by party, by ideologies, by religions, by beliefs about a vaccine or a mask. I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is stand, if we could all stand for freedom, it would resolve a whole lot of these problems, mm-hmm. for sure. Amen. Amen. For sure. And on that note, that's well, great girls, way to wrap it up. We have a... We've covered it. I mean, we've covered it for the week. We think there'll be something tomorrow, and we'll be rapping about that again. <laughs> but but thanks for accommodating me and letting me stay in Raleigh one more day. But I'll be da- I'll be back in Wilmington next week, and we'll all be back on the mics in the studio. Yes, can't wait. All right, everybody, have a good day. Bye, Bye y'all. Bye, everybody. See ya. 